0: Welcome to Silent God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the book of the Revelation, and there is admonishing from the Lord Jesus Christ on what they're lacking in, in the seven churches there, which applies to us today. It is applicable. It's not just a church aid. One, uh, any problems that's in the church can be found in one of the seven churches that Jesus is speaking to in Revelation the second and the third chapter. And it, be it Ephesus, Smyrna, Park, Messiah, Sardis, Philadelphia, and it it all applies to us today. And that's to keep our first love, and to have those works perfect before God, the works that accompany salvation. Now it's not of works of the law, that any person will be saved. It's by grace through faith are you saved, not of works lest any man should boast. But it's not you that works, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery of godliness. Take a look at this podcast today. will be on the Jews that are the spiritual Jews, the Church of the Living God. We'll find in Smyrna as well as Philadelphia that many say they are Jews and are not. Now, what does he mean by that? They don't know who they are? Or does it have a spiritual significance to us today? Take a look at Revelation 2 to the church at Smyrna. He says there in Revelation 2, verse 6, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I know thy works. Every, every church in all seven churches is addressed of the Lord in the voice of the Lord, stating, I know thy works. He's looking for perfect works, just as he stated to the church of Sardis. Now, this is Smyrna. We're going to see that they are poverty. It's not a church that is flowing with money and finances he goes on and says i know thy works and tribulation and poverty well it's not because they're not obeying god that they don't have fat bank accounts and uh, cars lands and palaces and everything else that everyone strives to do in possessions as they are today A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. And he states that they are in poverty. The poor you have with you always. But he goes on and says, and there in parenthesis, but thou art rich. He may be poor as far as finances, but rich in faith. And he's caused the poor of the world to be rich in faith. They... Do not get entangled up with affairs of this world, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. All that will be rich, fall into divers temptations and many hurtful lusts. And he's addressing this church. Now we're focusing on that he states the Jews. They say they're Jews and are not. And what does he mean by that? As we go on, he says... uh, I know the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews and are not. Now, why would they say they're Jews and are not? But are the synagogue of Satan. They're a dwelling of Satan. Now, that certainly is a mistaken identity. Now, what is he referring to? Is that uh, talking about national Israel? Or is he talking about the church? And he states there, to the church at Smyrna, I know the blasphemy. It's blaspheming uh, the name of Jesus, stating that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now let's find out what a Jew is. According to Paul in the word of God, Romans 2, 28 and 29. He states very plainly in reading directly from the word of God states. But he is a Jew. Look at verse 28. He is not a Jew, which is one inwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. That's the natural Jew that was circumcised on the eighth day, which was a covenant relationship. Circumcision. But look at verse 29. Paul, Paul states, that's not the Jew. Verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man, but of God. Now he's talking talking about the spiritual Jew. How you believe with the heart. A circumcision of the heart. Where? Not in the mind, not in the intellect, not in the volition of man, but in the very heart of man, the spirit of man. And the heart in the spirit must be circumcised to be a Jew. A spiritual Jew, that is one inwardly, not in the letter, but in the Lord Jesus Christ in the Spirit. We go on, and Paul gives us an explanation totally in Romans 9 through 11. And he goes into detail explaining that statement. The circumcision of the heart is how a believer believes with the heart it's having the spiritual circumcision of the human spirit that can only be done by that circumcision made without hands that the body of the sins of the of the flesh destroyed by baptism that's colossians 2 verse 10 through 12 now many say they are jews there and they and the lord says it's blasphemy they say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Talking about a mistaken identity. They think that they're saved. They think that they are Jews inwardly. Circumcision of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not a man, but of God. We just saw that in Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. So we're talking about a spiritual Jew here, a believer. One that has believed with the heart. And the only way to believe with the heart, not with the human intellect, saying, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, that won't get it. You have to believe in the heart. Confession is made with a mouth. But man believeth in the heart. and That heart is in the spirit of man. It has to be circumcised by baptism. Not Father, Son, Holy Ghost in baptismal formula, but in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which name is singular, name, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the name. Jehovah is my salvation. We believe on the name of the Son of God, that it is, in truth, the Father revealed the His name, the only revealed name of the Father, not Jehovah, but Jehovah is salvation. Jesus. Jesus in the Greek. Yeshua in the Hebrew. Jesus in English. Now, Paul goes on and states what a Jew really is in the spiritual sense, not in the letter, but in the spirit. He says in Romans 9, he talks about that he wished himself would be a curse for his brethren, his kinsmen, the natural Jew, Israel. He goes on and he says about the Israelites in verse 4. This is Romans 9 verse 4. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory? and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. It was to the Jew. Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. Goes on in verse five. Whose are the fathers, natural Israel, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came? He came to the Jews first. He came to his own. His own received him not, but to as many as received him, that them gave he power to become the sons of God. But he came to the Jew first. And he says, Whose are the fathers, natural Israel, and of whom as concerning the flesh, the Jew after the flesh, Israel after the flesh, Christ came. Who is this Christ? who is over all, who is Christ, God, blessed forever, amen. He's given us a revelation of Christ right there, that Christ is God. He's blessed forever, not the Son of God. He's God, that Spirit of God, that self-existent, eternal, omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, Spirit of God. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect because it came to the Jews first. But he said, not because the word of God didn't take effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. What? Jews saying they are Jews and are not? How would they have that mistaken identity? Well, thinking that they are born again, but they're not. They've never had uh, that circumcision in the heart, in the spirit as proclaimed by Paul in Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. That is an essential for salvation. And he says there, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. He's talking about natural Israel after the flesh. But he goes on and says, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now we're talking about the seed. Let's see, shall that seed be, shall be called for the generation. In that genealogy of Jesus, the Christ generation, which will be that last day, work of the ministry, Christ in the, in the body, the body of Christ, preaching the everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations, And then the end will come, fulfilling Jesus' week. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, three and a half years. There are time, times, the abiding of the time. And there still remains a 42-month, 1,203 score days, three and a half year ministry of Jesus Christ to fulfill that week, as in Daniel 9.27 that is determined will be done. And he goes on, and he says, that is, he goes on and states it in verse 8, Romans 9, verse 8, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. That natural Israel's not the child of God, must be born again. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed had to be born again for this is a word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. He's talking about the seed of promise. Isaac, he will have the last laugh. Isaac means laughter. And he goes on and said, and not only this, but when Rebecca, after had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand. The election, not of works, but of him that calleth by grace. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Why? Because in the foreknowledge of God, knowing all things and not subject to time and space, and knowing all things that in the foreknowledge of God, he knew who would serve him and who would not, that does not disannul the will of the individual God in his foreknowledge knows exactly what a person will do in time and space in the physical realm. He's not subject to that. Therefore, we know he's God because he tells us these things before they come to pass, so that you may know that Jesus states that I am God. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's according to the foreknowledge of God, whom he did foreknow. them he did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. But then is not of him that willeth, or him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. No one is saved without the mercy of God. David states that. No man can be justified in the sight of God. It's only by the grace of the Lord through faith are we saved, and that grace reigns through righteousness which God works in and through us, and we cannot say it's of us that will or him that runs, but God that shows mercy. It is all by his work, God manifests in the flesh in the days of his flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life, giving us the power to overcome the world. And that victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. He goes on and states that God whom God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. He hardens the heart. Then Paul will say, well, why doth he find fault? For who hath resisted the will of God? Who hath resisted his will? What does Paul state? He says, nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, what hast thou made me thus? hath not the potter power over the clay? Are the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Now remember, there's free will there. But we have to remember, whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate. Predestination is not, well, this is it, written in sand, written in heaven before you were ever born. But in the foreknowledge of God, He already knows what the vessel is going to do, whether it be good or whether it be evil in the foreknowledge of God. For God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Well, then God, knowing us, informed us there, being there in his mind, in his logos, there before seeing our members being unperfect, not imperfect, unperfect, Not even born, not even conceived in our mother's womb yet, wrote us in his book, the Book of Life. How did he do that? Well, in his foreknowledge, because he's God, not because he has his presupposition that we are doomed to hell before we're born, or we're going to be glorified in heaven before we're born. It's an election according to what? It's according to grace, through the mercy of God. But that does not annul free will because it is determined upon the foreknowledge of God and that he foreknows all that is going to happen before it happens or takes place in the physical realm. Now, that's hard for a finite, natural mind in a physical realm to comprehend. Of course it is. No man knows the mind of God, but we have the mind of Christ and his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts as the heaven is above the earth. So much higher is his thoughts than our thoughts. There we have to know that God is love and as him is no darkness at all, he is light. God is good. Only God is good and he does not wish that any man should perish but all should come to repentance. But yet here Paul is telling us that whom he had uh, mercy on, he had mercy and whose heart he hardened, he hardened it. But that's according to the foreknowledge of God. Still free will, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life. You have to will that. But in his foreknowledge, he knows who will and who will not partake of the grace of God. So he goes on that these that say they are Jews and are not are the synagogue of Satan and they blaspheme. Why? Because they never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart and they don't come to the light having their uh, deeds reproved because their deeds are evil. They don't come to the light because their deeds are evil. They do not want to walk in the light as he's in the light. They don't want fellowship with the, with the body of Christ. Therefore, their sin remaineth. There he said, hath not the powder power over the clay the same lump to make one vessel unto honor another unto dishonor. In other words, why would God make only one to honor and those that are not to honor but to dishonor? Isn't he God? Even in his foreknowledge, he knows that their will, will not in their own volition, their own will, will not serve him. Well, does God say, well, because they won't serve me, I won't make them. Well, he's foreknowledge. He says, no, he already knows what they will do according to their own free will. But he goes ahead uh, and creates them anyway. And why would he do that? Because he already knows that they're vessels unto dishonor, vessels unto uh, destruction. Why would he do it anyway? Because it goes on and says, but God willing to show his wrath, and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Why? Because of their heart. Did they, did they have a free will? Of course they did. Why did God go ahead and, and uh, create them anyway? Well, he's going to to show his power to show his wrath upon the ones that renounced him, did not like to retain God in their knowledge, even though he created them, that he might make known the riches of his glory, their own, the body of Christ, own the church, when he had afore, beforehand, prepared unto glory. That's the body of Christ. There's many steps there. And we have to go on into that glory. Not just saying we're saved. We have to be sanctified. And we have to be then glorified. Now we find that. According to that foreknowledge of God, whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Why? That's God manifesting in the days of his flesh, showing us the way the truth of life. Being tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, but yet overcame, offered himself through the eternal spirit of God, making the capital of our salvation, perfect through sufferings, which is the government of God. There that a man must crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. That's the way. If you live to the flesh, you'll die. If you live to God, then you will mortify the deeds of the flesh. It's said. Very, that, very simple. It is not rocket science. God wants all to come to repentance. He wants all to be saved. But in his foreknowledge, even though he knows that in the will of God, the the will that he has for them, they will reject it. But he makes them anyway. Why? Because he's going to show his uh, Wrath upon those, and His power upon those children of disobedience, and He's going to show the glory and the power upon those that live under Him in obedience, under righteousness, under the holiness. they're showing the love of God for God in keeping His commandments. Is there injustice with God? Is there unrighteousness with Him? Of course not. But that goes beyond our human thinking. God is God. And in his foreknowledge, them he did foreknow, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. But it's according to the foreknowledge of God that did not know the free will, the volition of man in his choosing to serve God or not and disobey. There whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's going to make many sons unto glory. This is the will of God from the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1. What's the mystery of his will? Before the foundation of the world, to bring all things together in one in Christ Jesus. That's God's will. But many don't want the will of God. And those that do will go through progressive steps going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and must walk in present truth in order to have access and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, they will hear those frightful words, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. Didn't do the will of God. You might have been born again, but you didn't do the will of God. There's different steps of glory and growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth. And very few understand that. God is coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, that is perfect in all her ways in a perfect mirror image of Jesus Christ. There, Jesus will present to himself a glorious church. The Greek there, he will present to himself a perfect image of himself that we are called for. So whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the, what, the firstborn among many brethren. And them that he did predestinate, them he called. Now many call, a few chosen. He talks about the election according to grace. That election is according to the grace of God. Of course it is. It's according to his mercy. None was saved upon their own merit. There's none good, no, not one. Those that turn to God will be saved. Those that do not, Will be damned. It's just that simple. And those uh, that he did predestine, them he called. Now, there's many called, few chosen. We understand that. How do you know you're chosen? You make your calling and election sure in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, as stated in Romans 6. And then, uh, there, after you're called, them that he called, he also justified. Well, you know, justification by faith. That states in the book of, of Romans. Justification by faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And that faith is obedience unto righteousness. That faith alone without works is dead. And if we have faith toward God, that we will obey his commandments, their faith will be made perfect. Then he goes on, but we don't stop at justification by faith. Them that he predestined, them he also called, those that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, one more step. Them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, what happened to the ones over there saying We're, we are Jews and are not? And they are blaspheming. So then they are, Jesus states, the synagogue of Satan. How could it be such a mistaken identity? Because it's the pride of their heart that they claim to be born again, but have never obeyed the scriptures. Obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6. That's critical for salvation, that we obey. Anyone that says it's not is a liar, and the truth is not in him. It's just that simple. The word of God stands alone. God is God and will not and cannot deny himself. He cannot deny his word. They say, God can do anything. No, God cannot lie. Mankind can lie. And we find that in politicians and governments all over. And that's the reason why if you're going to have something done in business, you better have it done and sealed in writing. But God cannot lie. And because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And that, He's he swore Anno seven times over that he is faithful and true. They gave us exceedingly great and precious promises whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature, not of ours, his, and escaping the corruption of the world through lust. So who is the Jew? Well, many say they're Jews. Why? Well, they repented and they came in and what we would call a fundamentalist doctrine. They said, well, I believe Jesus is the son of God intellectually and sang songs of praise. But the heart in the spirit was never circumcised. That's the problem. Paul goes on in Romans 9, verse 10 and 11, talking about the difference between The nation, natural Israel and spiritual Israel. Talking about the seed of promise, seed counted for the generation, counted for the church. Now, there's no replacement theology that what God has determined uh, and spoke to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarch, will be done, and all nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel. As stated, that he promised to Abraham in Genesis 12. Howbeit, there is a seed of promise of Abraham's seed, which is the seed of David, which is the Christ's seed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, stated in Genesis 15. There, the church did not disannul that covenant made with Israel. They're still the natural Jew. And the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc., still stand today and will. For God has made that covenant and will not break it. So why do they say they're Jews that are not? Because he's talking about the spiritual Jew. We see James talking about the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. The church was scattered. We see that in Acts the 8th chapter. James says it again in James 1st uh, chapter, verse 1. Twelve tribes of Israel scattered abroad. He's writing to them. The church of the living God. He is not a Jew. That simply says he's a Jew. Thinking he's a born-again believer. But he is a Jew that's had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. How? How? That's how you believe in the heart. How do you believe with your heart? That's in the spirit. Well, it's very, very simple. When you take a look at how and the only way for a person to be born again, to have the spiritual circumcision of the heart, to believe with the heart, that Romans 10 verse 9, confession, confession made with a mouth, but with the heart Man believeth. How do you believe with the heart? Well, those are the ones that are Jews. They are the spiritual Jews. They are that seed of promise. What's the difference? Well, the ones that say they are Jews, then are not, but are the synagogue of Satan are the ones they've repented with their mind. They have an intellectual consent that Jesus is the son of God, but they've never had that literal circumcision of the heart in their human spirit. That's where sin abides, not in the flesh of a man or in his intellect, but in the human spirit, in the conscience. That's where sin abides. And it must be cut off, spiritually cut off. And there's only one way. How do we do it? Take a look at Colossians 2 verse 10 through 12. Paul states it very plainly, so we cannot miss it. He states there to be a spiritual Jew, not blaspheming against God, not being a synagogue of Satan, going on to believe with the heart in the human spirit. He tells us how. He says in verse uh, 10, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. He says, and you are complete in him, that's the Lord Jesus, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, unfortunately, so many will say they're Jews that are not, thinking they have eternal life, and hear the frightful words, that Depart from me, you that work on I never knew you. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth because they did not take heed to their human spirit. And that conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God, not in an intellectual consent that Jesus or confess that Jesus with the mind is the son of God, but confessing it in the heart. Confession with the mouth, but in the heart has to believe. The heart has to be circumcised. Those are the Jews, not in the letter, but in the spirit. Having the circumcision of the heart in the spirit, according to Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. Paul tells us here, Colossians 2, verse 10, you're complete in him. Then it goes on, talking about how you're complete in him. How are you completed in Christ? Well, look at verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised. That means to cut. With the circumcision made without hands. How do you have a circumcision made without hands? Oh, spiritual. It's a spiritual circumcision. Okay, let's go on and find out how. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Christ is going to circumcise us. How? He's going to cut it off in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, the question is answered as to how this is accomplished. Verse 12 Buried with him in baptism. Buried with Jesus? Yes, buried with him in baptism. What happens? Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith. Somebody said, I didn't think that was faith. My pastor said it wasn't faith. But Paul said, Yes, it is faith. That's how your faith is demonstrated. You have faith, then you will obey. And he states here that you are buried with him, Jesus Christ, in baptism, wherein also you are. Risen with him, how? Through the faith, the faith, not just a faith, the faith of the operation of God. Through the faith of the operation of God? Yeah, it's a circumcision of Christ. Christ is God. And this is the faith in the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. He says there that buried with him in baptism, Colossians 2, verse 12, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. God takes a spiritual scaffold and operates. Whom hath raised him from the dead. Who hath raised him from the dead? That's how you're raised with him? That's how you become a spiritual Jew in the circumcision of your heart in the spirit? Yes, yes. And there's no other way. We find that many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, and will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. We see that in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus uh, stating that the greatest sermon ever preached in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. They certainly had a mistaken identity. They said to him, Lord, Lord. They had to be born again. No man calls Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of God. And Jesus states there, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because only those that do the will of God. Notice that they will say, now, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in Your name, and Your name would cast out devils. In Your name, we've prophesied, but yet through iniquity didn't obedient obey, didn't obey the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Romans six, that they here depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. What are these that say they are Jews and are not? They have never at the circumcision of the heart. We know that again in Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. Please read it for yourself. He is not a Jew. That is one outwardly and the circumcision of the flesh. That's a natural Jew. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. That is the spiritual Israel of God, take a good look at it, this is eternity on the balance here, and in the balance, in obedience, unto righteousness, unto holiness, simply saying that we're Jews with an intellectual consent, that Jesus is the son of God, won't do it, somebody said, well, I've repented, well, that's wonderful, I uh, asked Jesus into my heart, that's wonderful, but you are not born again. Why? Because you hadn't had the spiritual circumcision of the heart that, and we will say, well, I'm born again. I'm a Jew. I'm a spiritual Jew. I am not in the letter, but I'm in the spirit. I am born again and I'm following the Lord. But Jesus said, there's some that say they're Jews that are not. They blaspheme, and now they are the synagogue of Satan. We also, we see that again there in that church of Philadelphia. Again, he states there, and that's Revelation 3, but verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Those are the ones that say they're Jews that are not which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Why did they lie? Because they never had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit, their human spirit. They did not believe that it was essential for baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They they laughed at that. They thought they were Jews and they are not but are the synagogue of Satan because they've never had the circumcision of the heart, believing with the heart in the spirit, not of the letter, but whose praise is not of man, but of God. Romans 2, 28 and verse 29, Jesus stated that's there in the last days. That will be a problem. He stated it to the church at Smyrna. He said it again to the church at Philadelphia. Now he didn't reprove and rebuke Philadelphia church. The brotherly love church, continuing the brotherly love, but he said, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews that are not, but do lie. What will God do? Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, to worship God, but not worship you, but worship God before your feet and to know that I have loved you. God will make them know, even though they stood against you, say that baptism there in the name of Jesus Christ was not essential, that you did not have to be baptized with, in the name of Jesus for that circumcision of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, that it wasn't essential, it wasn't necessary. Well, that is those that say they're Jews, but they've never had the circumcision of the heart. They've never had that circumcision in their spirit. That's at Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. They did not understand it. They didn't understand that no one was ever baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They never took on the name. Everyone that was ever baptized, Acts two thirty-eight, Acts 4, 12, Acts eight sixteen, Acts 19, Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 22 with Paul. Every one. Eternally world without end that are born again. oh, are the ones that have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Invoking the name, that's a spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of man but of God. Being born of the water and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and born of the spirit. They're born again. These say there are Jews that are not the ones that were not born again, never had the the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ through faith in the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. They didn't understand that buried with Christ in baptism. Even as Paul stated, Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. How can you be crucified with Christ? And yet you live. Paul stated, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what Paul stated. And it says here, the ones even at the Philadelphia church that God states that these that say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, That he said, I will make them to come and to worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved you. Let's do not refute the word of God in disobedience against baptism that the devil has so stood against that name of Jesus, saying it is totally unnecessary to have the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That it is totally just a second work of grace. It has no implication of salvation at all. When Jesus stated just the opposite. In Mark 16, Jesus said, Go to the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized. Having the spiritual circumcision of the heart in your human spirit, invoking the name of Jesus, becoming a Jew, not one in the letter, not one whose circumcision uh, is that outwardly, that circumcision that is outward in the flesh, but who is, who is that Jew? The true Jew is one that has had and that, that inwardly. He is a Jew that is one inwardly, that inward man, the Christ in you. How did, how did that happen? through the circumcision of the heart. That's your spirit. Circumcision of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Whose praise is not a man but of God, Romans 2, 28 and verse 29. We see that in Revelation 2, the church of Smyrna. We see it again in Philadelphia. They say they are Jews and are not. They say they've had that spiritual circumcision of the heart by baptism, taking on the name of Jesus and have not they thought they had it they thought they were born again but they are told depart from me you that work of i never knew you you didn't do the will of god it is critical that we understand baptism is essential for salvation and saying that we are jews we are only jews in the spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit there's only one way accomplishing that. Paul states by baptism. Peter stated the same thing in 1 Peter three in the days of the long-suffering of God, in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, baptism doth also now save us. Not, not. Washing away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, that conscience purged from dead works, to serve the living God in the heart, believing with the heart, in the spirit. There's no other way to believe with the heart, in the spirit, believing with your human spirit. Confessions made with the mouth, yes, unto salvation. With where do you believe? With your mind? No. In the heart. How do you believe with the heart? That is this podcast today. There's only one way. In obedience, under righteousness, under holiness, which is taking on the name of Jesus Christ by baptism, that the body of the sins of the flesh are cut off, buried in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again by baptism. You'll see it in Romans 6, 1 through 6. You'll see it in Colossians 2. 10 through 12, you'll see it in Acts 2:38. Acts 4:12 is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name Jesus, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There's no other name. It's the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ. Peter stated that, gave us the doctrine of it, of being born again of the water and the spirit, in Acts 2:38 on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's not their name. Why? For the remission of your sins. What happened? The body, the sins of the flesh were cut off. What? You've had your conscience uh, purged from dead works to serve the living God. You've had the circumcision of uh, that, uh, that circumcision made without hands, that circumcision of Christ, through faith in the operation of God, taking a spiritual scaffold, cutting off the foreskin of the body of the sins of the flesh from your spirit by baptism, invoking the name of Jesus, as many as have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. There, that in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, you're baptized. You've had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. You've believed with your heart in the spirit your human the spirit. There's no other way. You're born of water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the Spirit. The promise is unto you, your children, to as many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. If God has bore witness with your spirit, it's his true word of God, then let's work together. Let's bring this gospel to all the world, peoples and all nations. We know that that is... Uh, the divine commission that we all must obey and do. Please call me, leave a message, I'll get right back to you. That is our country code, plus one, area code 903-746-4885. Again, please call, leave your name, phone number, I'll get right back to you. We have many callings from Africa, India, we need to hear from you in America, in Europe. we haven't some, but please call. Most of our downloads are in those areas and we need to hear from you. Let's work together. Again, the country code is plus one. The area code, 903-746-4885. Let's work together. Until then, we pray that God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented today Blame us at the coming of our Lord Jesus in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.